1: Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1-888-367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind tonight. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, during the Christmas season, most preachers and teachers preach from two New Testament books in the Bible. Yet, there is one book in the Bible they fail to preach and teach from. It is the one book in the Bible that talks about the greatest gift ever given. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will explain that greatest Christmas gift ever given and much, much more. So stay tuned for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight?
2: Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed and want to thank you so much for that introduction. And I want to thank everybody out there in Radiant for joining us for another edition of contending for the faith i'm your host dr jerry l buckner and we know you're going to be blessed by the program tonight as always and we want to say uh merry christmas to all those who are listening tonight we trust that uh, as you continue to involve yourself around the christmas season that god will enrich you and bless you and help you to have a stronger relationship with uh, your lord and savior jesus christ And as Brother Gary has said in his introduction, we are going to talk about uh, one of the greatest Christmas verses in the Bible that is seldom preached or taught on. And I was uh, given a Bible study on this and our church and was asking certain uh, members and members of our church about it. And a lot of people were having struggles with it. But let me uh, break it down to you tonight. And we trust that you'll be blessed by uh, this verse of Scripture as you think about it. In your heart and in your mind, what verse do you think that is? Just to ponder on that for a moment and think about that. Well, the answer to that question, the greatest Christmas verse in the Bible, is John 3:16, John 3:16. And uh, very seldom do we ever hear uh, sermons on this and teaching on this during Christmas time. Uh, The two books that is taught on most of the time during Christmas season is uh, Matthew and Luke. Those are the two that is being taught uh, uh, during the Christmas season. So uh, that's uh, uh, the first point is the greatest Christmas book in the Bible. The greatest Christmas verse in the Bible is John 3.16. And then the answer to the second question is, Uh, in terms of uh, just uh, uh, the issue when we are talking about all of these things that relate to uh, the Bible and what we teach on and stuff like that, the two books that people teach on is Matthew and uh, Luke. So those are just by way of introduction. That's just the introduction, and I want to kind of like deal with um, uh, eight points from John 3.16 that I want to kind of share with you in breaking down John 3.16. So uh, we want you to uh, get your papers and pencils ready and just write down these uh, words. I know that they'll be a blessing to you in terms of the greatest Christmas uh, uh, scripture or verse in the Bible. And I want to talk to you about eight things that we can learn from John 3.16. Number one, For God, for God, everything begins with God. You know, uh, there's nothing in the world that can be more important than us having a relationship with God. And so God is the one who is the one who started everything, created everything in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God. And God is mentioned throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and he's the one that orchestrated John 3 and 16 for God. It starts off with God. Everything begins with God, and without God, we have nothing. It didn't say, in the beginning, evolution. In the beginning, God. And then John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All those chapter 1s. Genesis chapter 1, John chapter 1 talks about God, and then Colossians chapter 1 talks about God creating all things. Genesis 1 and 1, God created all things, and we learn in John 1 and 1, God created all things, and we learn also in Colossians 1, God created all things. In Hebrews chapter 1, God created all things, and also in Revelation chapter 1, you know, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the creator, the almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega. So number one, everything starts off with God. This chapter and this verse, John three 16, wouldn't be anything without God. God is behind everything that is important for us to follow in our walk with him. And then number two, so love the world. It didn't say that he just loved, you know, so loved the world, you know, and And that's the second point, that he loved the world. And this is one thing that uh, gives a black eye to limited atonement, because they say that he just loved and died for the elect. No, he loved the whole world, you know, and tells us in 1 John 2 and 2 that he's the propitiation for our sins, but not only for our sins, but the sins of the whole world. God loved the whole world, and A lot of times when you say that you love somebody, you generally say, I love them. But just that little word, so, that little word in there, just so love the world, that shows you God's love has no limit to it. And number three, that he gave, he gave. And that's the greatest Christmas gift that could ever be given, that word gave. And I want you to notice that, that he gave. That's the third point. In this verse of Scripture that he gave, he gave the greatest Christmas gift in giving his son, Jesus Christ. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, By the gift of God are we saved, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of ourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the greatest gift that's ever been given was Jesus Christ. And because he gave his very best, we should give our very best back to him. And then number four... His only begotten son. Look at the way I'm breaking down these, this verse here. He gave his only begotten son. The Greek word begotten is monogenes. It means unique and one of a kind. Jesus is one of a kind. It says his only begotten son. He didn't say his only begotten Buddha, Mohammed, Zoroaster, Confucius, but his only begotten son. And that means unique, monogenes, unique and one of a kind. He's the only one that's come to the world as God in human form. No other religious leader or prophet has ever done that. And this word begotten is a word that refers to Jesus as the creator, and it's not referring to the creation. The word begat is a word that refers to genealogy and it refers to creation. But this word monogenes is a... Create the the Creator word, meaning that He is the Creator of all things, and that's what Jesus is. And then number five, number five, that whosoever, that whosoever, the word whosoever is used ninety three times in the New Testament, and it applies to anyone, everyone, any time can come to Jesus Christ, and that's a powerful word, whosoever. And this also gives a black eye to limited atonement because they are just saying God chose the elect. No, God has a heart for, to save the entire world if they repent of their sins, that whosoever, and this applies to you and me, you should write your name by this word, whosoever. You should write your name by this word whosoever. But you gotta have a will, you gotta have a desire, you gotta have a hunger and a thirst to come after the living water who is Jesus Christ. And then number six, believeth in him, believeth in him. Believeth in who? Jesus. It didn't say believeth in Buddha, Mohammed, Zoroaster, Confucius, or Zoroaster. No, it says, believeth in him. Who is him? Jesus. You know, and there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, as it says in Acts 4 and 12, but Jesus Christ. Uh, And uh, we must confess our sins to him because he's the one that will forgive us of our sins. And then, number seven, should not perish. Oh, when you believe in him, you will not perish. But if you don't believe in him, You will perish. Jesus said in John 8 and 24, if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. You need to repent tonight, my friends, and turn to Jesus, or you will perish one day. You will be lost from God throughout eternity. You will not be in heaven. To be with all the other Christians who are celebrating Jesus throughout eternity, you will not have eternal life, but eternal punishment, uh, separated from him should not perish because you believed in him. But if you don't believe in in him, you will perish. And then number eight, but have everlasting life. See, if you believe in Jesus, he'll give you everlasting life. A lot of people argue when you get saved, can you lose your salvation? Not a genuine believer because God gives only one type of life, And that's eternal life. And if you could lose it, then there never was life in the beginning. So he comes to give us eternal life, unending life. And yet there's eternal punishment, too. Matthew 25, Jesus said, These shall go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life everlasting. Oh, my friend, tonight you need to trust in Jesus this time of the year and every day of the year, every day. You need to trust in Jesus while he gives you the breath of life. You need to turn to him and repent of your sins and surrender your life to him tonight. It doesn't matter how bad you've been and how many sins you've committed. He will forgive you because it tells us in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now you need to come to know Jesus Christ this is the greatest Christmas verse in the Bible and very seldom ever, ever preached on in our church. When you um, go to church on Sunday, December the 25th, and you hear everybody talking about Matthew and Luke and they're discussing the story about Jesus and his birth and everything, Please bring out John three sixteen because this is the greatest Christmas verse in the Bible that's ever, ever preached on and taught on during Christmas time. And I broke down these eight points that relates to this one significant verse. Oh he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches regarding John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life.
1: Brother Gary. All right well it's about time for us to take a commercial break our phone lines are open and we do want to hear from you that number is 1888 F O R K F A X that's one triple eight. 367-5329. Our phone lines are open and you can give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Barry, a pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's 1888. 1-888. 367 5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Let us know what's on your mind. Again, the number is 1 888 F O R K F A X. And we want to begin by thanking everyone who's been praying for contending for the faith. Without your prayers, we couldn't stay on the air. We are a listener supported ministry, and it costs us $400 a week to stay on the air. We also want to thank those who gave over the course of last week Margie, James, CR, Charles, Alfred, and Scott. We just can't thank you enough for partnering with us financially to keep this ministry on the air. It is so vital, so important, particularly during the holiday seasons. When you're out shopping, when you're out uh, thinking about the gifts that you're going to give, think about a, giving a gift to contending for the faith so that we can continue to give the gift of eternal life to everyone who hears this message in this broadcast as you, as you heard tonight. The greatest gift of all we gave over the airways, the gift of Jesus Christ. We trust and pray that someone heard this message tonight and decided to choose Jesus, decided to accept that gift that was offered. It's so important. It's so important that you pray for us. It's so important that you allow God to bless you to be able to give to us as well. There's two ways that you can donate. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is so much easier. Just go onto your computer, your laptop, your your pad, your smartphone, and, and go to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and it's that simple and you'll be a blessing for th- for those who are listening to this broadcast for time and eternity it's so important remember us in prayer and remember to give to contending for the faith now during the christmas time you know it's it's so important for us to to be able to continue it's so important for us to be able to to be able to depend that you are going to be consistent in your prayers and be consistent in your giving. So don't forget about us. Remember us when you're in the mall and you're looking at that 50-inch television, think, wow, should I buy this TV? Or maybe I should give that these funds to contending for the faith. What do you think, Dr. Buckner? I agree with that. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Amen. And and I can hear people now. that He quit preaching. He went to meddling. <laughs> <laughs> also, we want to let you know that we'll be out of the studio for the next three weeks over the holidays but we'll still be airing the best of contending for the faith and we'll return on January 7th. So next week we're going to have a special broadcast, special airing of Dr. Buckner's interview with Craig Roberts um, on from a Lifeline episode where he was talking about the Trinity. It's one of the most requested episodes of Lifeline that Craig Roberts has done. And you will really enjoy hearing that. And that's next Saturday, the following Saturday, Christmas Saturday or weekend. It's going to be, uh, we're going to re-air Santa Claus versus Jesus. And then on the 31st, or that weekend, uh, symbols related to Christmas we're going to air. So there's going to be some great shows coming up. Even though they won't be live, you definitely want to hear them. Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate the announcements. And uh, we are looking forward to uh, spending some time with our families. We need to do that, like everybody else. and. And just uh, take a break from everything, but we're looking forward to being back uh, January the 7th uh, and ministering to your hearts. But you will be blessed by uh, some of the uh, great programs that we've done, and especially the one with uh, uh, Craig Roberts where he interviews me on the Trinity. And they were so blessed by that interview that they aired it over and over throughout the weeks and the months, and I know you're going to be blessed by that. So what we're gonna do right now? We're gonna to get to uh, our callers, and we believe that we have CeCe online. How you doing, CeCe?
3: Hey, how you guys doing?
2: We are truly blessed. Mm-hmm. How are you doing there?
3: Uh, I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed.
2: Well, very good. How did you get blessed by the Word tonight?
3: Well, basically, it, what it what it what the Word does, it just has has you to focus on Christ. That's 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 the most thing I, I can I can uh, say about that verse. I mean, you said a lot, but. My thing, I was mainly focused on Him, you know, and, and, and even though the whole message is about Him. A lot of times, you, you know, when you hear messages, you think about some other things, too, which is which is good, but um, that, the focus is on Him.
2: Amen to that. That's always where the focus should be in, in everything that we do. That is so true. All righty. Well, what's on your heart tonight? Do uh, you have a scripture a question yeah, tonight? I'm...
3: I want to ask you uh, about a passage in Daniel. I actually have a two question. The first one is um well they're both biblical but the one is 'cause you could, but I wanna ask the first one. Uh it has to do with Daniel chapter eleven, uh verses five through seven. I know you can't you know give a whole if you can just give like a sound bite 'cause I know that I know these verses entail a lot of, you know, historical facts and things, but if you could just give me some in- insight on it, I appreciate it.
2: Yes, uh, well, particularly when you look at uh, uh, Daniel uh, chapter 11, uh, verses 5 through 7, let me just kind of give you a synopsis of of this, what's going on, and then what you can do is uh, get a commentary, and it'll kind of like break it down to you on a deeper level. Uh, So basically, in a nutshell, what you're dealing with is Daniel, uh, he predicts a long, long conflict between uh, uh, two kings, the king of the north and the king of the south, and this war goes on for over 200 uh, years, and the southern kingdom was known as Ptolemies of Egypt, and the northern kingdom of the Silasthenes of Syria, uh, because uh, uh, Israel was located between the two kingdoms geographically and was caught in the struggle between the two powers with their battles taking place in uh, Israel's territory. So you had a lot of uh, murders going on um, amongst these kings, and uh, and you had uh, Antiochus' daughter uh, and his his wife uh, to marry Barinus, and then later that divorced wife murdered Barinus, <laughs> And her baby son, and then Antiochus, by poisoning him, uh, thus she brought her own son, Seleucus uh, II, to the throne. So it's very kind of like complicated because it's so detailed, and that's why I say get a commentary and it'll kind of break it down, but it's a war between these two, the north and the the south, and uh, Israel is caught between the middle of that and uh, it's affecting them as well. So this kind of helps out to kind of give you a a broader perspective of it, Uh, but it's a dysfunctionalism going on with these kings and the people and Israel not doing what God says, and God is judging all of them. All of them are being judged by God because of their rebellious heart after God, uh, not being after God, and Daniel is predicting this. So hopefully, that kind of gives you general view of where I'm going with it.
3: Yeah, that's a lot of help. That's a lot of help. I appreciate it.
2: Well, very good, very good. And and you also have. Uh, and by the way, uh, Merry Christmas to you.
3: The same to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Yes.
2: And you. And that was your last question.
3: Yeah, I have one more question.
2: Okay, you have another question.
3: Um, I want to ask you a question again. Uh, not a. Was, I want to ask you a question. What do you think? Um, again, uh, for young adults between the ages of eighteen and forty-five. And by the way, I'm not for the listening Islands, I'm not being racist, or I mean, I mean, biased toward people like this in their fifties and sixties. But I just want to, I'm just want to target the young people right now because that general you know, people between those ages are really lost right now, and even people a little bit younger than that. So I just want to ask you, what do you think people within that age range, between eighteen and forty-five, what would be some extra biblical resources they could use to equip themselves to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within them.
2: Well, that's a, that's a very good uh, question as well. Well, you know this this age eighteen to forty five is an age by which God has a great concern for, and I think the thing that we need to first and foremost pray for that uh, you know there's some principles of prayers that we need to pray for. And we need to pray that uh, this generation, which will be the future generation, the 18 to 45, that they will have a, a will after God, a heart after God, a desire to serve Him. I think we need to pray that prayer, and uh, and that uh, God will cause in their hearts to bring a revival, because that's really the the answer to um, the generation of what what we are dealing with today and the age group that we're dealing with, with 18 to 45, you know, the last revival that took place uh, in the history of the world was not the 1800s, but it was during the uh, sixties and seventies with the hippie and yippie movements. There was a movement of God upon the young people and people started getting saved and they started turning to God and there were people were praying and fasting. So I think praying and fasting and praying out loud to God with a multitude of other people and churches getting together and praying for the generation, the future generation, that God will cause a reformation and a revival to happen in the hearts of the young people because you saw hundreds and Thousands of young people come out of the hippie-yippie movement and turn to God. Matter of fact, a lot of those people uh, were became members of the Calvary Chapel churches and with Greg Laurie's ministry, and Greg Laurie came out of that as a young man, and so uh, with the Chuck Smith ministries and, and so forth. So... We need to pray for revival to happen, and we need to see God's Spirit. Pray that God's Spirit will move upon the hearts of the churches that He'll cause revival to happen in the churches, and that we. And the thing that brings forth revival, I'm going to say this: this is the thing that brings forth a revival has always happened this way. Because if you do an exegetical study of uh, you know the prophets and as they dealt with the various people and Israel and the nations and everything like that, the number one thing that caused the revival to happen was that they turned back to the Word of God. We need young people today from the ages of 18 and 45 to have a hunger after the Word of God, to, to repent and turn back to the Word of God, not only the written Word of God, but the living word of God that's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the living word and then the Bible is the written word. So we need to pray that they turn back and we saw in the when you see in the Old Testament, you see over and over that God calls revival to happen in the nation of Israel. Always, it always says they turn back to the Word of God. They turn to the Word of God. And that's what we need to do today is turn. Our nation needs to turn back to the Word of God. And God will cause revival to happen because we're letting the Word of God take priority over our lives and everything like that. And so that's the thing that uh, my heart desires to see. And once that happens, then the churches have to get into the area of equipping and discipling because the problem today why we don't see uh, a lot of revivals and stuff like that happening is not only because they're not turning to the Word of God, it's because people in the churches today are not being discipled. And discipleship is, is so critical that the word Christian is mentioned three times and the word disciple is mentioned 296 times. That tells you a whole lot Because every time Jesus worked with people, he brought them to the area of discipleship. So when we get them into into discipleship after they become a Christian, discipleship, and go through discipleship training, then we can start teaching them areas of apologetics and stuff like that. But we got to deal with the basics. They got to turn back to the Word of God in repentance. We got to pray for revival to happen with this age group and with the nation as a whole. And then we got to, you know, that's what Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, right? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their, heal their land. So the land needs to be healed. The young people need to be healed. But it's, it's, it's you know, uh, Chronicles is talking about a turning back to the Word of God, turning back to God, and, and he will heal the land and heal the people and heal this generation of 18 to 45 and heal the generation of people beyond that and even younger. So that's what I lay out as the answer to uh, the situation of this age group is getting back to the Word of God, discipleship, and training. Training and equipping is the answer to that. And Gary, you want to
1: add to that as well? Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, it's not just 18 to 45. It's, it's the ones coming up underneath them as well. It's mm-hmm. a consistent cycle of discipleship that has to be ongoing. It has to never should stop. Um, you know, we can't lose any generation. It's, it happens too easily. We have, to, we have to be on our J-O-B when it comes to discipleship. We have to move people back to that relationship with God. You know, we call it chair time at our church where you're spending time in your chair with God every day in the word through prayer. And it's essential to everything. It's the heart of of of, of who you are in this, in essence because God created you to have a relationship with you. And through that relationship we get wisdom, we get knowledge, we get peace, we get discipline, we get all kinds of benefit from spending daily time with the Lord. You know, we are to, to renew our minds daily in, in the word, renew our minds daily in God's presence, because it will change you. You know, 80 percent of your problems, I believe, would go away if you did that on a consistent basis. Amen. You know, if we get young people, every everybody, not just young people, children need to be trained up. Um, this stuff has to happen at every level. Otherwise, we're going to lose a generation. You know, it's not only an eighteen to forty-five year old problem. There, there, there are older ones in that running around the landscape, biblically illiterate, and there's younger ones that are coming up that don't know a thing. And unless we, you know, it's like okay, we 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 got a, a hole in the dike, and we we're trying to run down the down the hill and and grab water. We we need to be plugging the holes. You know, it's time to start plugging those holes and get people trained to get people back into the Word and understand that. The reason why we want to be in God's Word is to know the God who wrote the Word. So, Amen. 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 Very good,
2: Gary. And and I want to piggyback off of that because you have the age group, 18 to 45. But I want to just say to you and challenge you on that bit because, you know, we got to reach them before 18. I mean, that's critical because a lot of times people— When they get 18, they get set in their ways, Mm -hmm. but younger people are open, younger. The younger generation, I mean, with when when the kids on up before 18, they're very open and receptive to hearing the Word of God, and those are the ones that we got to really spend a lot of time in teaching them, and we got to teach them and disciple them before they get to 18, because they can make a difference. That's really important.
1: That's where they say the, the vast majority of conversions take place at that level.
2: Yes, yes. So you want to say this generation, including the younger generation, and not just 18 to 45 okay we're gonna uh take a break right now but when we come back we'll do your uh, prayer requests and we're gonna okay.
1: get to robert and uh, right when we come back as well thank you robert for hanging in there jenny robert jenny robert okay. <laughs> all right <laughs> well it's time for us to take that commercial break our phone lines are open the number is one eight 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 F forkfax that's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Don't be shy. Pick that phone up. We've got plenty of lines open. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We're going to leave that L alone. That's right. I think that's what the word means. It means leave
2: alone. Leave it alone. Okay. Amen.
1: Well, our phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. That number is one forkfax That's one 1- Triple eight, three, six, seven, five, three, two, nine. I'm Gary Bell, and we do want to hear from you. And we still have a good uh, 15 minutes left in the broadcast to entertain your questions, your comments, and your concerns. We want to thank everybody who's been praying for contending for the faith. This is a prayer driven ministry, folks. We need your prayers always, 24 seven, 365 days a year. Pray for this ministry. And we also need your financial support. We need you to partner with us. Three are giving so that we can remain on the air to do the work God has called us to do. There's two ways you can give and donate. One is to send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. Um, That's Post Office Box 553 Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553 Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Grab your smartphone, get your tablet, your iPad, your laptop, your desktop, whatever computing device you prefer and simply go online to contendingfaith.org that's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button and it's that simple and you will be a blessing to this ministry and to those who listen to it for time and eternity we talked about the greatest gift tonight the greatest gift Jesus Christ the father gave the son and we talked about it tonight and we know that lives are touched and changed for all of eternity by them listening to that message. And those of you who have given to this ministry are contributing to those folks entering into eternity with the Lord. It's that simple, but it's profound. And I believe one day God's going to say, well done to you for your participation in this ministry. So it's vitally important. Consider it. The holiday seasons are right upon us. And as you're getting ready to buy that 50-inch television, think about getting a 20-inch and sending the rest to contending for the faith. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> All seriously, though, we, we really appreciate those who give and those who pray for us. It's so important. Dr. Buckner.
2: Thank you, Brother Gary. And we uh, want to get right back to uh, CeCe. Uh, CC, are you there?
3: Uh, yes, I am.
2: Alrighty. Uh, what's your prayer request?
3: Um, if you could just pray for me and my family again, uh, my mother Rosalinda and my dad, and then also pray. Um, there was um, particular uh, Christian that I've been ministering to, and I was just telling them about seeking God and you know just really getting into Bible reading. I just want to pray that you know the Spirit of God will stir them up to do that. And then um, just again, if you can pray for Britney Spears, Tom Cruise, um, and I know Kanye West, and then just. Not only them, but you know, just a, a, as a whole, celebrities as a whole it's, it's a whole, it's a whole widespread. Then the last prayer I want to pray is what you was talking about earlier, you know, about this revival and about you know the young people and what needs to be you know implemented in the churches and how the spirit of God needs to move.
2: Yes, it's so true, and we do need to pray for the young people. You know, just uh, say this quickly before we get into your prayer. You know, when you think about the. Um, The recent uh, Oakland ghost ship uh, tragedy, uh, just uh, the young people today uh, in our world today attracted to so many uh, things that is so unchristian and demonic. And one of the things that the media didn't and wouldn't talk about is the disturbing pictures inside the ghost ship. Just the word ghost ship carries with it a demonic uh, uh, significance behind it, and just the disturbing pictures of uh, devilish masks and statues and images of demons and pagan gods and uh, death symbols of skulls and even a coffin. Uh, I mean, uh, these things young people are attracted to and the type of music that's demonic We need to pray for our generation today, and this is why we said we need to get to the young people when they're young and bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Well, let's, Gary, let's get to his prayer request.
1: Amen. Lord, we just thank you for Brother CeCe. We pray that you would continue to bless him, strengthen him, and encourage him, Lord God. We lift up his family, his mom, and dad. Lord God, we pray also for revival to break forth across this land, Lord God. Young people today need you, old people today need you, children today need you. We all need Jesus, Lord God. And so we cry out to you. We cry out to you for our our country, for our nation, and for our children, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would hear and touch and bless and that your Holy Spirit would be poured out in revival like never before. We also pray for those celebrities, Lord God, that CeCe mentioned, Lord God, they need you too, and Lord God, you've blessed them with a platform, and Lord God, we pray that you would uh, use them to, to, to reach others in that same industry, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, you would just continue to move in a mighty way across this country. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you, CeCe, for your call and your question. God bless you, and Merry Thank Christmas you. to you.
4: Merry
3: Christmas.
2: All right. All right. Let's go to uh, Jenny Robert. Jenny, how are you this evening?
5: Uh I'm richly blessed. Um, which we bless, um I, I'm I'm very thankful to be back talking with you. And, and I wanna wish you all uh, um, a um Merry Merry Christmas and uh, a real, uh, uh which we uh richly blessed all holidays. And uh, I enjoyed your talk and very much lifted my heart on uh, uh John three sixteen. And uh, uh, um, uh, all of us uh, uh, get more and more and more Jesus, uh, closer relationship uh, for all ages. And uh, so that's what I got from uh, your main points. And uh, so I thank you for that. And and we do need to, to... uh, uh uh learn about uh some more about uh, john three sixteen how how much uh the lord uh, 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 loves all of us
2: mm-hmm. amen that's so true and uh thank you for the uh, encouraging words and i'm glad you were touched by the word tonight on john three sixteen and uh, it's good to hear your voice again. It's been quite a while since we've heard from you, but it's oh, good to hear from you, you. And Merry Christmas to you. And keep us you, in your prayers, and we'll do likewise. And, and uh, Lord. Oh, Lord. we hope to talk to you again. Uh, 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 yes. All right. Thank you for your uh, call. God bless you.
5: Okay. And uh, please pray for me and my family Uh, a the devil demon spirits is, uh, is really it's really messing with, uh, uh, with uh, my family uh, about this lot of thing and and uh, and um uh, uh hinduism and and uh, and the way they want to get closer to christ um uh, in their own way.
2: Well, let's go before the Lord on that prayer request, okay. and we have yes. Brother Gary to lead us in prayer on that, because this is a serious prayer request, and we yes. want to take that serious,
1: too, mm-hmm. Brother Gary. Yes. Thank
5: you so
1: very much. All right. Lord, we just thank you for Jenny. We pray, Lord God, a hedge of protection and a wall of fire around her and her family, her children. Lord God, that these influences, these, the demonic activity, Lord God, would would be ceased, Lord God, that you would put a stop to it whatever is at work lord god through a spirit of hinduism and and this uh, gambling through lottery lord god that you would just um put a stop to it lord god that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think and lord god you love jenny and we know that you love her children so lord we pray that you would bless them protect them keep them and deliver them lord as they need it in jesus name amen amen well thank you for your call and god
2: bless you and we hope to talk to you again soon. Okay. Thank you so much for
5: everything.
2: You got it. God bless you.
5: Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we had another. All right. Yeah. That Did we lose Alan? I think he's coming back, so. Oh, okay. But well, we hope he, to... Is
1: he ready to pop up there, Vince?
2: Well, in the meantime. Alan, are you there? Welcome to Contending yes. for the Faith. How are you doing this yes. evening?
1: I'm doing great
4: here, sir.
2: Well, we're truly blessed, too blessed to be stressed by the devil's mess. That's
4: right. That's right. Well, I just want to say it's it's an honor and a pleasure to be talking with you, and I look up to you and uh, your show, Uh, everybody that you work with, stuff on the show. So, uh, I actually just want to um, ask uh, a relatively straightforward question, Um, and it pertains to the topic of uh, drug usage as Christians.
2: Okay. Um,
4: As you know, there's plenty of drugs. Around well right now, uh, prescription and non prescription. And um, for, for me personally, I'm going to be honest with you, I uh, I had a uh, bout with marijuana usage as a Christian where um, I had that before I had even started marijuana usage, I was backslidden and I started using it. And um, contrary to what I, you know, it's being 100% honest now somebody walks with God, contrary to what I had been told about marijuana, it did pretty much for me everything that. Was opposite of a fiction, so it made me, it, it made me very focused, and it made me very excited about life, and I could, I could be very creative and think very uh, precisely and intellectually and out of the box about things, and that was what really attracted me because I'm an intellectual myself. But I know that the, world, the Bible says that the wisdom of the world is foolishness before God. So, really, my question is now, as somebody who's a Christian and was walking with God, in my heart, I feel the Spirit of God. Um, or at least my conscience, which I, I hope is being directed by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I feel that it's not correct to use marijuana, but and, and I haven't been, um, because at the same time it, it has the potential to be very dangerous when it's abused and it could cause a lot of issues psychologically, which I, which I also would fear. Uh, my question really is, is it within reason to um, think that a Christian could benefit from the usage of marijuana in moderate dosage and not over-abuse of it for the sake of even advancing one's uh, intellect? Is that a, is that a sinful thing, and is that something
2: that God looks down upon? Well, that's a that's a good question. Or let me ask you this: Are you um do you have your radioed up because we're getting a bad connection uh, with uh, yeah. you?
4: I, I don't have my radio on right now. Can you hear me right now?
2: Yeah, I can hear you a little bit better. But if you have your radioed up loud it'll interfere with uh, you trying to dialogue, and you may have a bad connection somewhere. But let me kind of break it down to you this way. The Bible doesn't say anywhere, thou shall not uh, use marijuana. Uh, Like in many other cases, it doesn't say certain other things as well. But there is a biblical principle around uh, marijuana and the usage. I know that there are some cases uh, under doctor supervision uh, that certain things happen, but it's permitted. But just let me say this as a whole, that uh, marijuana is uh, detrimental to your uh, area of your life and three B's. I'm going to mention three uh, B's for you. Number one, the first B is your brains. Uh, it uh, eats up your brain cells. It's, it's documented and known from a medical standpoint that it not only eats up your brain cells but uh, slows down your thinking processes as well. In terms of your brain cells, and and then a second, the second B is your breath. It uh, it affects your breath as well as your breathing. Uh, it gives people um, asthma and a lot of other things that's complicated to breathing. And the third thing, uh, the third B, is your body. It breaks down your body eventually in many different areas. And so uh, what's the scriptural uh, precedent for this uh, that we should look at is 1 Corinthians 3 and 16. Know you not that your body is the temple of God. And if any man destroys the temple, God will destroy him. So your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and you should be honoring that your body in glorifying God with everything that's healthy, and so marijuana uh, usage of it, whether it's small or large, can be detrimental in these three areas. And so, it's uh, doctors now and uh, scientific world now is saying that it's a, it's even uh, just as bad as not worse than uh, cigarettes. So you you don't want to be using things like that. That's going to affect your brain your breathing, as well as your body. You understand? Still there? You, you still yeah, there? Can,
1: can, can you hear me? Can you hear
4: me? Yeah,
2: did, did you hear what I said?
4: I heard everything you said. I hear you perfectly clear.
2: Yeah, so you don't, wanna, you don't want to get into that and violate First Corinthians 3 and 16. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and any man defiles the temple, God will destroy. So So marijuana is defiling your body, and God says He will destroy you if you do that. He you can, can permit certain things to happen to you that can can take you out of the universe, and you don't want to violate that.
4: Right, right. Okay, okay. Well, I appreciate that um, that perspective. Um, it's a grounding one because, like I said, when I when I um, when I think of the pros for for my life and how marijuana, I was using it. I didn't take into account the long term effect that I might have been having on my body, but like I said, I was more so focused on the fact that it it made it it made me feel like a superhuman like all of a sudden I could think about things so clearly and my mind felt so like I was using uh ten percent more of my brain or something like it made me feel it's a counterfeit
2: common. it's yeah. a it's a- yeah. it's a counterfeit that the enemy is using to to blind you as a counterfeit we only have about a minute let it go but it's a counterfeit and uh anything that try to take the place of god god says he'll give you his grace and peace uh and that also is a violation of philippians 4 and 13 i can do all things through christ to strengthen me god gives you a peace and power through the holy spirit to enable you to do what you can't do in and of yourself but i want you to take down our number And I want you to give your number and so that we can call you and dialogue more. And then uh, after the New Year's, let's dialogue some more. But hopefully we've been a help to you. God
1: bless you, and Merry Christmas to you. God bless you. I appreciate you. You got it. The same back at you, Brother Gary. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and Rick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so drop us a note, and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until the next three weeks at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions make comments and dialogue with dr buckner always with one purpose in mind to equip exhort and better enable you to contend for the faith i'm gary bell may god richly bless you and may you have a merry christmas and a happy new year and we'll see you next year